Life Audio. I think sometimes it's easier to think of God as being out there somewhere. And yet what we learn from creation is that we have a God that's not out there, but he's right here. We see him walking and talking and in fellowship with Adam and Eve. And so today's psalm is essentially a parallel to the creation story, and it's a meditation. And so I think you're going to find Psalm 104 to be really interesting as we dive in and look at all the ways that this psalm parallels and meditates on that creation story. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We are continuing our Psalms series and we are studying the Psalms because essentially the Psalms were the prayer book and the hymn book of Jesus. And so as we go through the Psalms, it reveals God's character and God's nature. So as we seek to understand the heart of Jesus, it's so helpful to understand the things that were in his heart, the things that he pondered. As we walk through the Psalms, The thing that we are doing is, my hope is really that it would be a supplement to your Bible reading, not to replace it. But there are so many women that I hear of, um, and even men too now, that they just don't have time to study the Word of God like they want to. And so this podcast just serves as an opportunity for you to meditate on God's Word as you go throughout your day. Each Monday, I send out a free newsletter that has the journaling prompt to kind of help you get this information from your head and into your heart. That's free. If you go to shehears.org, you can sign up for that. And if you'd like the previous episodes, you can go to the resources section and get the Psalms guided journals there. And you can either print those out or use them on an iPad or however works for you. We're going to be in Psalm 104 today. And again, I'm always reading, unless I say otherwise, I'm reading from the NIV, starting at verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and he lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains, they went down into the valleys, to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross, never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines, it flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field, the wild donkeys quench their thirst." 
The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar roar for their prey, and they seek their food from God. The sun rises, and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor, until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures." There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, the leviathan which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. So as we dive into Psalm 104, there's some things that are really helpful to point out as we start to think through this psalm. This psalm is essentially a meditation on the creation record that we have in Genesis 1. And because it's a meditation, it doesn't necessarily follow the exact order of creation that we see in Genesis 1. And it doesn't essentially articulate all of those wonders of creation in the same precise language. But what it does do is it looks at this creation story with this perspective of after the fall. We see that in verse 29. And so I thought it would be helpful today. This is a a particularly long psalm, but I thought it'd be helpful to give you some parallels to kind of show you how Genesis 1 and Psalm 104 match up. And it's actually a really clever way that I think will be eye-opening for you and help you understand it as you read. So Genesis 1 would begin with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the spirit or the wind of God was hovering over the waters. The parallel to that that we see in Psalm 104, it's um, it says, when you send your spirit, they are created, and it rides on the wind, wings of the winds. Now that language sounds a little bit different. And again, the first part we see in verse 30, the last part we see in verse three. And so it's not necessarily in the same exact order, but if you look at concept for concept, it's really, like I said, a meditation on what's happening in Genesis chapter one. So then in Genesis chapter one, it would say in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The parallel we see to that in Psalm 104 is he set the earth on its foundations. And then in verse 6 in 104, it says, You covered it, meaning the earth, with the watery depths as with a garment, the water stood above the mountains. That, of course, is allusion to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it says, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit or wind of God was hovering over the waters. 
So that's just in the beginning part of that that uh, creation story in Genesis. But now I want to go through the different days. So in day one, it talks about light. In Genesis 1 verses 3 through 5, it talks about light. So the Genesis verse would say, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. What we see as a parallel in Psalm 104 is the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. Moving on to day two, when it's talking about the firmament, um, in verses six and eight of Genesis chapter one, it says, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. God called the vault sky. What we see in Psalm 104 is found in verses two and three. It says, he stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. And so you can see this parallel between the two, which is really, really fantastic. It's brilliantly done. On day three, it's specifically talking about the water. So in Genesis, it would say, and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. In Psalm 104, it says, the waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. And then again, when it talks about the vegetation and the, and the trees in Genesis 1, verses 11 through 13, it says, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to the various kinds. And it was so. The parallel we see to that in Psalm 104 is, He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate. The trees of the Lord are well watered. Moving on to day four where it's talking about the planets. In Genesis, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. In Psalm 104, it says, He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. As we study this and as we keep going, it's so clear to see the parallels between the two. And I think sometimes we miss this because the language isn't necessarily the same, but we want to read for comprehension, not just read and plow through the words, but to think about the concepts of what it's actually saying. And it's this is a really good meditative exercise to help us do that very thing. I want to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of the psalm. Stay tuned. So as we move into day five of creation, when it talks about sea life and the birds, in Genesis it says, And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vaults of the sky. In Psalm 104, it says, There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you were formed to frolic there. The birds of the sky nest by the waters, they sing among the branches. And then it goes on to say, the trees of the Lord are well watered. There the birds make their nests. In day six, it's talking about the animals. In Genesis, it says, and God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. In Psalm 104, it says, They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, The high mountains belong to the wild ghosts, the goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrics. All the beasts of the forest, the lions roar for their prey. That's going through 18 through 21. 
And then it goes into this mention of humankind. In the Genesis account, it's in verses 26 to 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. In the Psalm 104 account, it says, Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. And that is also a reflection to Genesis chapter 2, um, around verse 15, if you want to go and read that too. And then it goes on and talks about food for humankind and animals. In the Genesis account, it says, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. Then in the Psalm account, in verse 21, it says, All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. The lions seek their food from God. And again, so what we're seeing is it's not the exact same verbiage, but it is this meditation on the same concepts. And then finally, in the conclusion in Genesis, it would say, or it says in verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. In the Psalm account, in Psalm 104, it says, may the Lord rejoice in his works. And so what we see when we hold these two passages up side by side is this reflection of not just the creation, but the creator himself. There's a couple things I want to mention just because they come up and I know that people have questions, but I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But in verse, uh, I believe it's 26, it talks about the Leviathan. The Leviathan is listed among other created beings. And so it's more likely a created being rather than a mythological creature. Sometimes people will say that the Leviathan was something that was created from mythology. But because it's listed in this context of created beings, it's more likely that the psalmist is referring to something that was well known in that time and culture. There's also mention of the Hyrax and the rock hyrax was a small animal that was kind of like a rabbit, and it was kind of native to that area. And I, I believe they do still have um, some of these species still in existence in places like Lebanon. But it's interesting to me that some of these names of animals are things that we are like, okay, it's a mythological creature, but we have to remember while scripture was written, I say this all the time, while scripture was written for us, it was not written to us. It was written to that people group at that time frame that would have known what these animals were. And so we don't need to read things into the words that we don't understand or the references that are lost on us. We just have to go back and see how the original audience would have understood those to mean. There's one more insight that I want to share with you, and then I'm going to go ahead and reread this psalm, but it's the word hallelujah. So I don't know if you've paid attention, but the word hallelujah has not actually been in the psalms up until this point. We see it here for the first time in uh, verse 35. And so the word hallelujah is really um, a combination of two words put together. So halu, which is uh, Hebrew for praise, and then Yah, which is a shortened form of God's divine name, Yahweh, Yah, Lord. So it essentially means praise 
the Lord. And in the Greek form, it, in the Septuagint, we would say that as Alleluia. And so what we learn here is be, because it's used specifically in the latter part of the Psalms, in Psalm 104 is the first time we see it, it's usually used it as a congregational response, almost like a cheer in the temple. And so this is the first time we see it, and then we see it throughout the book five of the Psalms, but it doesn't occur anywhere else in the Hebrew scriptures. And so what that tells us and what scholars believe is that that term, that phrase, hallelujah or alleluia, was connected to worship. And that's how one of the reasons that we understand or one of the the proofs that we understand that the Psalms were really shaped by temple worship. And so it's also interesting that it's it's at the end of the Psalms. It's not at the beginning of the Psalms because it gives this impression that it belongs to this final portion of the Psalter, which is, of course, book five. And the unique feature of the Psalms is that it's part of this final approach to the temple and to God's presence, which is really represented in book five. So hopefully that's helpful for you. I thought that was really interesting. And I didn't realize before studying that that was the only place that it was found in the Psalms. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to reread our passage starting at verse one. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains, but at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle. He plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyracks. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. The ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed, to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. 
When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, may but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, God. We praise you for all the ways that you reveal yourself to us through this creation account, both in Genesis and Psalm 104. Lord, we thank you for the reminder of how you are the one that holds everything together. As the creator, we are the creation. Lord, we praise you that we were even included, that we were even a thought on your mind. Let I pray for my friends today as they are pondering what it means to be loved by the Creator. Lord God, would you envelop them and draw them in by your love through your Spirit? Would you help them to recognize how much you love them? Lord, I pray that you would pour out your blessing on them and their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friend, do you feel like you need a little bit of one-on-one? I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go through the scriptures or I go through the biblical concepts, I find myself thinking, okay, but how do I actually apply that in my life? Or if you've come to this podcast, it's likely because you desire to hear Jesus more clearly, to be confident in what he's saying in your life, the way he's leading you. I want you to know that I offer life coaching and spiritual direction. And while the two are similar, they're also kind of different. Life coaching is when we set goals and and I help hold you accountable and help break those down into bite-sized manageable pieces to help you achieve those goals. But spiritual direction takes it one step further. We invite Jesus into the process. And through spiritual direction, the goal of that really is to help you hear God's voice more clearly. And so there's things that we will do like prayer projects and spiritual gifts testing and a life map and all sorts of things to help you get to a place where you can see this thread of redemption that God has woven throughout your life. And then also to set you up so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. Because ultimately, the reason why I do the the podcast and I write the books and I have all the resources available is because I want you to settle into this place where you are confident in knowing the difference between God's voice, your own voice and the enemy's voice. So if that sounds like something that you would like to do, um, life coaching right now runs about $97 for an hour. And that's for one person. I also have group rates available. And if you want to schedule that, it's if you go to shehears.org, you can go, there's a Calendly link where it says work with me and you can set up a time that works for you. I would count it an honor and a privilege to be able to walk alongside of you in that process. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.